You're listening to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, this Thursday afternoon. Now, in the next 20 minutes or so, we're talking about umbilical cord blood banking and also stem cell storage. Um, we've heard some of the hopes and the hype behind uh, taking baby's umbilical cord blood uh, when it's born so that it can be stored for future use. But what is it really used for and what does our current research actually tell us? And what sorts of diseases will cord blood actually help with? Well, I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Raymond Liang. Dr. Raymond Liang is a professor of hematology and onseology at the University of Hong Kong. Welcome to the program and thank you very much for joining us this afternoon. Hello. Dr. Hello, Liang. Good afternoon. Dr. Liang Maybe I, I want to introduce myself first because I'm actually emeritus professor. So I'm, I've retired from the university. I'm now in private, uh, private practice, practice as yes. well. Yes, sorry about that. And uh, we can also see Professor Liang uh, on Facebook Live as well. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. So, Dr. Liang, first of all, uh, from your understanding, what is the use of umbilical cord blood? I think maybe we can step backward a little bit. Uh, let's talk about the stem cells. We talk about the blood stem cells, meaning that these stem cells uh, can regenerate the bone marrow of our body, and then the bone, bone marrow will produce red cells, white cells, platelets, and, and the red cells carry oxygens, the white cells fight the infection, and the platelets that's uh, uh, is contr- uh, stop bleeding. So, so it's an important organ, our bone marrow. So when, uh, so the uh, potentially these stem cells can be used to uh, kind of treating bone marrow disease, uh, especially uh, leukemia. Okay, so so this is one way of treating uh, leukemia, and uh, we have used that for many years, uh, decades. Uh, we use bone marrow transplant or uh, blood stem cell transplant to uh, kind of treat uh, leukemia patients, especially acute leukemia. When we talk about uh, doing bone marrow transplantation, first there are two considerations. One is the source of the uh, stem cells, where do you get it? And two is who is going to give you the stem cells for the transplant. Uh, as far as the source is concerned, there are three at the moment. One is actually from the bone marrow itself, from the donor, whoever it is. The second is from the blood of the um, uh, donor. And the third one would be the cord blood. And both are important sources of uh, stem cells and uh, depends on circumstances. We either use the blood or the bone marrow or the cord blood stem cells. And then we come to the donors. Who gave you the, do- the stem cells? Uh, or whatever, where, wherever it is, cord blood or bone marrow or blood. Uh, you can be yourself if the disease is not in the bone marrow. But as I've said, most of the time, the disease is in the bone marrow already. So uh, uh, the uh, uh, so-called autologous transplant using your own stem cells will be very limited. We use it mainly for lymphoma patients when the uh, bone marrow is cleared of disease. The second will be uh, from your uh, sibling, brothers, sisters, because we need HLA type uh, uh, matched uh, uh, stem cells. So uh, your brother and sisters would be your uh, potential donors. Each of them would have one in four chance that would be suitable for you. So you better treat your brother and sisters well, okay? And then if it turns out that your brother and sisters are not suitable uh, because they're their uh, HLA typing uh, does not match yours, then we go to the uh, public bank, meaning that uh, 
uh, you have the, the we call that unrelated donors, unrelated donors, and the chance of match is one in five thousand. Uh, if you are mixed, then the chance is even lower because uh, the permutation is more complicated, and and therefore uh, we need a big bank. So we have Boomer Bank, we have Cod Blood Bank for that purpose. So that if you cannot find uh, a match within your family, then you sort to uh, these uh, public bank. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the difference between cord blood and stem cells then. So the cord blood would be embryonic cells. And uh, is it different from the stem cells that we normally find? Uh, we, don't, we don't call them embryonic cells because embryonic cells will be much, much earlier. Okay. When the egg is fertilized, it becomes an embryo and then it becomes a fetus. Fetus is much bigger. Okay. And then we are, we are actually uh, talking more about... Uh, uh, so uh, what's the cells that placent, you... Uh, placental cells. Placental cells. I uh, mean, okay. we get the uh, uh, cord blood... Uh, is from actually it's the blood from the placenta, so so uh, not embryonic, uh, nor uh, fetal. Okay, uh, you mentioned just now it's going to be used to treat um, things like leukemia. But then, if you use the embryo's um, own blood to treat later on leukemia, isn't isn't there something wrong with the master copy already? Isn't uh, there something wrong to uh, begin with? And yes, there, there, there are limitations. Okay, uh, if uh, you use uh, your patient's own uh, cord blood, then it means that it's the same. The, the, the advantage is that there's no rejection, but it will be just like uh, an autologous transplant. You're using your own stem cells and you use your own blood. Uh, but most of the time, it's not useful because because actually we pre- for acute leukemia, when you do a transplant, we re- prefer to use somebody else stem cells because when you do the transplant it's not just a replacement therapy it is an immunotherapy we like the uh, immune cells from the donated stem cells for or the marrow or the cord blood uh, to do the immunotherapy to kill the leukemia as well okay. so it's much more complicated than that so the advantage of using uh, 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 your own stem cell is small uh, as far as acute leukemia is concerned, uh, but if you want, uh, but then if you use siblings or unrelated donors, then they have the immune system which is different from yours, and they will reject your leukemia. Oh, that's so interesting. Um, what about so some people say if there's something wrong with the master copy, but so you're more predisposition to develop the leukemia, but some of it is also environmental as well. Uh, so, so actually, can... leukemia is mainly environmental. So I'm not too worried about that point, uh, whether the hereditary, uh, whether the stem cells uh, would uh, kind of have a high chance of developing another leukemia even after the transplant. So that the chance of that is small. But I'm more concerned about the efficacy of the transplant of using uh, um, uh, uh, cord blood. Uh, the, and other problems of using cord blood is the size of the cord blood. There's a limit among, limited amount of uh, cord stem cells in the cord blood. And in general, it will be only adequate for uh, a, a, a child or patients less than 40 kilograms. 
So, but you can see that your your children, your your child actually grow very quickly. <laughs> yes, <laughs> very quickly it will be more than forty. So, so um, uh, within a very short period of time, then the what whatever is stored will not be adequate for the transplant anyway. Yeah, let's talk about the process of taking the umbilical cord blood. Then is it quite straightforward? Uh, straight after birth, they they just clamp your umbilical cord and they yes, take the it's a quite straightforward. We get it from the uh, not so much uh, from the cord blood, but actually from the placenta we uh, get it via the cord that's all that's why it's called cord blood but actually we are kind of uh, from the placenta from the blood the cord blood is actually coming store is from the placenta and uh, 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 so uh, the the procedure is simple the only requirement is that it has to be very clean but you can imagine during delivery sometimes it can be very messy and and the uh, and the uh, you have to be very careful make sure that the what you collect is not contaminated by bacteria and also the other concern slight concern maybe is that uh, you don't want you don't want the doctors to be distracted from the mother and the child, you know, uh, uh, spending too much time on the cord blood, but wow. The delivery uh, process. The, 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 the mother and the child are not uh, well taken care of. But I, I think this is not a big problem. Usually they have another person taking care of the collection of the, uh, the, the collection of the, uh, of the cord blood from the placenta and then the obstetrician should concentrate on the, on the, uh, mother and the, the baby. Pedi- and the pediatrician also will be taking care of the baby. Yeah. Let's qu- very quickly uh, let the audience know that uh, in Hong Kong, the current system is that the uh, public hospitals don't really do a uh, cord blood banking. You can donate it, uh, to the public system, but, uh, if you want to collect your own, uh, umbilical cord or from the placenta, it needs to be arranged privately. Let's talk about the storage of it as well. So a lot of these companies promise um, a storage of 18, 20 years. Will the freezing process of these uh, red blood cells, essentially, will it change or disintegrate the properties of the cells? Uh, actually, the uh, cord blood will be stored uh, after we add some uh, chemicals called DMSO, which can preserve oh. the cells, and then it can be stored under liquid in liquid nitrogen. So it means hun- minus 150 degrees, so deep, deep, uh, deep freeze, co- freeze uh, trial process, and and uh, and the uh, DMSO is to protect the cells from uh, forming crystals, forming ice. So the, if if the cells form ice, then it will burst the cells, so, so it doesn't help very much. So, so you have these uh, cytoprotectors, the, the MSO, and then you have to freeze it. It's, it's a pretty standard process. Theoretically, it, it can be stored for over 10 years at, uh, at least. Uh, uh, the longer period, most of the time it's okay, but of course that cannot be guaranteed. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the diseases that, you know, I've, I've read that it can help with diseases like heart diseases, uh, diabetes, um, something like cerebral palsy. What's your understanding of it then? At the moment, at the moment, I think the standard one is for leukemia. Okay. That's the only proven, effic- have proven efficacy. Uh, for the others, Diabetes, heart disease, and cerebral palsy—they are experimental. Uh, uh, I I don't think even if it works, it it is a very uh, um, it, at the moment with the current technology is not uh, proven to be very effective. Uh, but of course, uh, theoretically, 
if you have this your corporate st- store, then you can wait for the future technology. Uh, when it's become better, then maybe, maybe it works. So, so you are kind of betting on the future. But at the moment, uh, 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 the corporate st- stores are, are seldom used, except in the public. Cod blood bank. There are two types of cod blood bank. One is the private bank, which you pay and store your child cod blood. And at the moment, uh, it is hardly used. Okay, because the uh, uh, the chance of the child getting a disease requiring cod blood is very very small anyway. And most of the time, as I've said earlier, we may not prefer an autologous your the child's own cod blood. We may actually prefer the brother and sisters cod blood or bone marrow or the public uh, or the unrelated donor. Uh, 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 stem cells. So, so uh, uh, um, there are there are tens of thousands of cord blood being stored, but they are hardly used. Okay, and but on the other hand, uh, the Hong Kong Red Cross also uh, uh, kind of uh, they have a public, public cord blood bank, and when we have a child with leukemia. Uh, less than 40 kilogram, there's a possibility that we, if they cannot find a match within their family or have difficulty in finding uh, a match in the unrelated bone marrow bank, they can try the cord blood bank. The advantage of the cord blood bank, uh, I mean public cord blood bank, is that the match needs not be too precise. Okay, because the immaturity of the immune systems of the in in the cord blood of the child, and and uh, uh, so actually you don't need a full match for the cord blood transplant. So it means it's easier for you to, to find, find a match. match. Uh, so that's it provides an alternative. So so the uh, cord blood bank is well supported, and so if we need it, then we'll go to the Red Cross and find it. Yeah, that's so interesting. Dr. Liang, let's go back to a point you mentioned just now about the 40 kilos. So the, the amount of blood you collect from the umbilical cord blood can only go up to 40, for someone of 40 kilos. Yes, uh, uh, we people have tried to expand the numbers so that it can be good enough for uh, bigger ad- adults. Adult. But at the moment, uh, the technology is not quite mature yet, so it's still quite limited. Uh, we uh, we have success in using double cord blood, meaning two bags of cord blood from two donors. Okay, but but that's beyond. Uh, uh, the pr- That's private the- private cord blood bank because this is more in the uh, we are talking about public cord blood bank. Uh, we can in for adults we sometimes use two bags. To, from two donors, and mm. and that's another way to get around it. Let's talk about the psychological, the, the, the psychology behind it. It seems like many people will consider it because of this biological insurance. People feel like, oh, if my child develops a, a childhood blood disease, and if I didn't do this, I wouldn't be able to forgive myself. Do you hear that sometimes? I, I don't think. Uh, uh, that's that's real because the chance of getting uh, a, 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 a disease requiring a transplant is small. small. There are only a, a few dozens of people in Hong Kong, uh, ch- ch- children every year requiring a transplant. It's it's a very small chance. Uh, we are n- we have tens of thousands of babies every year, and and so the chance is small. Even un- uh, very uh, unfortunately, the child get a blood disease or leukemia requiring transplant. The chance is that he will need somebody else uh, uh, stem cells rather than his or her own uh, uh, stem cells. So, so you won't miss too much by not uh, saving uh, the cord blood. Uh, what 
I'm more. Uh, 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 I think the consideration should be more about the future. Okay, uh, uh, as I've said, tens of thousands of cobra has been stored but uh, are never really used. used. And but of course, we we can't tell. I mean, it's it's kind of buying an insurance. You you don't want to use it. You you kind of uh, uh, you buy it. But you, you, you buy. You don't want to have a claim, but. Uh, uh, but it is for the future. Maybe, maybe uh, many years down the road, there are technology that we can use the cord blood for uh, other other purposes. So yeah. we don't know. So finally, before I let you go, what should parents be aware of? I mean, there seems to be a lot of hype, a lot of hope, and also promises made by these companies saying that, you know, if you save your baby's cord blood, it will treat future heart diseases, diabetes. But you're saying no, it actually is used for treating blood diseases. At the moment, no. Okay, uh, uh, I'm not saying I, I cannot speak for the future because we don't know. It may be, it may be, but at the moment, the technology itself is not quite mature yet for that. Okay, if you have spare money, if you can afford it, if it's not a big burden to you, I think. Uh, uh, I don't see too much harm of uh, uh, saving it. But if you don't want to do it, uh, uh, don't feel bad about it. I, I think I think that's my philosophy. Yeah, that's a great philosophy. Actually, full disclosure, I'm eight months pregnant now, and I give birth by the public system, so I can't save it. But it certainly is such an interesting discussion. Dr. Liang, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. And that's uh, Dr. Raymond Liang, an emeritus professor of hematology and onseology at the University of Hong Kong, and now he's currently in private practice. Many thanks for your time this afternoon. You're welcome.